It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 235 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. If you want to find the show at Locked On Raptors, please check out the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. Uh, we are on Twitter now as well, I think, there with its own uh, Twitter page at LockedOnNBA.net. Uh, and you can find all the shows on the network, iTunes, whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, find a show you like, find a show you're interested in, a team you're interested in, a storyline you want to hear more about. Check out Peter Edmiston. Uh, he did a great job uh, talking about the, the Grizzlies and what's going on there with Dave Fisdale. He was actually on David Locke's podcast, Locked on NBA, on Sunday and predicted what happened. Uh, he was well ahead of the, the curb on that one with the David Fisdale firing. So make sure you're listening to Peter on Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure you're listening to Locked on NBA with all the biggest stories from all the local experts. Uh, and please go to iTunes and subscribe rate and review your favorite shows please do that with us lockdown raptors leave a rating leave a review it helps to move us up the rankings helps people discover the show and it's a very wonderful thing of you to do and i very much appreciate it all right uh on today's show i'm joined by william lou uh the great william lou it's uh, been a while since we had him on just schedules and stuff haven't really worked out but i wanted to have him on because he wrote a really great piece this week about Jonas valentunas on his medium site uh and we dove into lots of stuff with Jonas and sort of where he's at now where he has been and sort of you know where he's going uh, you know, what has he improved at all? The starting five, how he fits into it, all this stuff. Uh, stuff that we've talked about before in this podcast, but Will is much smarter than anyone else, or that, well, at least smarter than me, at least, and smarter than most people we have on this podcast. So it was good to get his perspective on Jonas. And we tried to, like, spin some positive stuff with him, too. Uh, and, you know, it was so so. And we only got so far with that because Jonas is Jonas at this point. But uh, it was a good conversation either way. Uh, we also sort of teed up the game against the Hornets, but not really because Kemba Walker is not going to play, so it doesn't matter all that much, I don't think. In terms of you know intrigue, the Hornets are pretty uninteresting, uh, and the Raptors should win that one, you would think, at home after three days off, but we'll see. Um, I'm not going to be watching that game live. I'm going to TFC tomorrow, so uh, expect a podcast about that like Thursday morning or something like that. I'll try to rewatch it in the morning and kind of do something based off of that. Um, what else here? Uh, oh, we also talked at the end, if you want to tune out later, you can, but we talked about Hamilton a little bit because I live here now. Uh, we talked about uh, McMaster and barbershops and uh, bus routes in Hamilton. It was great. Uh, so if you're into that, 
that, that's at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, thanks again to Will for coming on. Very good to have him on. He does everything. The Raptors Reaction Podcast, the uh, Raptors Weekly Column that he does on Medium with his Patreon page, which you should definitely subscribe to. Uh, lots of great stuff from Will. He's the best. Uh, so make sure you're checking him out. All right, before we get to the conversation, I just want to tell you about our sponsor for today. And that, of course, is Draft. Fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then try you got to try my new favorite app, and that's Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life fantasy drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. And here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. There's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Uh, they'll send you a little notification and say, hey, uh, this guy, Kemba Walker, his shoulder's bum. He's not playing. Uh, you should probably put someone in for him. And they'll, you can go in and you can replace a player and it's all good. And sometimes it'll hurt you, but sometimes it won't because you get to put a good player in because there's lots of good players available because the, the drafts aren't huge. There aren't, you know, endless, you know, there's not a salary cap or anything like that. Uh, you can, there's lots of picks, there's lots of players to choose from on certain nights. So it's, uh, it's great. Uh, and the best part, you can play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1. So there's a draft for everyone. There's a dollar, three bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks, up to hundreds of dollars. If you really want to play, be a high roller, there's no salary caps. It's just a snake draft. Just like you play with your friends in a season long league, except there's no commitments. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join me. Join a game in minutes. Or you can do it right from your computer at Draft.com, whatever you want. In Canada, I do not believe there is yet a Draft app for Android or Google Play users. So uh, if you do have a Google device, make sure you're using uh, Draft.com instead of looking for the app on, on the app store and not finding anything. That should be coming down the pike soon, though, hopefully. Uh, for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into Draft when you, use your, when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code to do that. And the promo code is LORAPTORS. That's LORAPTORS, all one word, as in locked on Raptors. That's right, you play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LORAPTORS when you make your first deposit on Draft. On Wednesdays, make sure you fire up the app. It's Draft Wednesday every week on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network. All the hosts, you know, put up drafts. You know, they have listeners. They play against them. I do one each week as well. Um, and it's really fun. You can follow me on there, Locked On Sean. When you follow me every time I host a draft, you'll see it. You'll get an invite. You can come join it and take my money because I'm not so good at it. Uh, so that's that's great. And there's also just a, a always refreshing Locked On NBA uh, listener draft. It's a four-team draft that just kind of recreates every time it fills up, and that's always going to be available in your lobby once you follow uh, the Locked On Network. So download Draft today, and thanks to Draft for sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get to the conversation now with William Liu. We'll be back again on Thursday at some point. Uh, sorry if there's no podcast on Tuesday. Just It's another off day. There wasn't much going on, uh, and I had a lot going on in my own day, so I just didn't have the time. I'm going to try to do a podcast on Saturday, though, to recap the game against the Pacers on Friday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, here's the conversation now with William Liu. We'll talk about Jonas and enjoy that. And uh, make sure you're checking out the thing I wrote on Locked on Raptors on Monday. I wrote about Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong just being goddamn treasures. Uh, so uh, go to LockedOnRaptors.com and see what that's all about. All right, here's William Liu. Enjoy the conversation. All right, joining me now on Locked on Raptors to chat about his excellent Jonas Valanciunas piece and to maybe preview the Hornets game on Wednesday night a little bit as well. It's William Liu. How's it going, man? It's been too long. It's been too long, Sean. It has been some time since we had you on the podcast, but I'm very glad we could get it set up. 
to talk about your uh, John Godis from Raptors HQ it's called it the definitive Jonas Valanciunas piece and it's hard to argue with it man you did a really good job on your medium site uh, breaking down just how it's gotten to this point with Valanciunas I guess sort of the, the inspiration point for this would have been the game against the Pacers on Friday when he got benched in the second half and he was just uh, it was awful and it was kind of uh, a, a pretty crazy turnaround considering those same Pacers were the team that Kind of inspired so much hope uh, in those playoffs in 2016 uh, when he was just incredible in that in that series and kind of helped them, you know, willed them to a win. And then he obviously started really well against the Heat as well. And then he got hurt, and then it's never really been the same for Valanciunas after he got hurt against the against the Heat in that series. Um, and you did a great job of outlining sort of how it's gotten to this point and where it's been sort of the Raptors' fault, if you want to call it that, and where he where there's blame to lay at him. Um, so I guess to start, you know, what was it the sort of outside of that Indiana game? Was it just kind of the discourse around him all season that sort of led you to write it? Um, what was the inspiration behind this? I think it's just sort of, you know, like thinking about Jonas is a very, um, like conflicted thing for the Raptors fan base because yeah. like anytime you talk about Jonas, it's like this huge discussion and. I think there's always this player for the Raptors. Like, it used to be Barnani. I'm not saying that Jonas is Barnani. He's way better. Um, but, like, there's always some player that, like, the fan base gravitates towards, and, like, half of them think they're trash, and half of them think they're, you know, pretty good. And it's, you know, whatever circumstances around them that, that, that means that they're not working well. But, like, when you look at it with Jonas, it's just, like, the idea was that he was going to be, like, the next piece for the Raptors. Maybe the not the final piece, but like the third star that could take them over the top. And we've sort of been waiting on his development and it's just, I don't know, man, it just ha- kind of hasn't come. It's, it's, it's sort of weird to keep holding out hope and then, you know, expecting him to do this and that, and maybe if we change the scheme here and there. But I mean, when you look at it, like he's kind of been the same player he's been since like pretty much his second season, uh, in terms of his skill set, in terms of his profile, in terms of, you know, where does he succeed in and what does he, weekend like those things are still the same since the second year and it's sort of we're at the point now where you know his game hasn't changed but the, the game of basketball stuff has changed and what the Raptors need from him have changed a couple of times and that's maybe not that's maybe not fair to him necessarily but we're now at this point where he's just kind of a he's not necessarily vital he's just like this like expensive luxury we, we can have against big you know big guys like uh like Boogie yeah. and, and DeAndre but for the most part he's not necessarily a, a huge positive factor in their winnings, which is very strange, uh, especially considering how much hope we had for him. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Yeah, it's uh, you mentioned how he's kind of been the same for four years, and that's the most like perplexing thing about this conversation is that we've been having the same conversation for four years, and it hasn't changed because he hasn't really changed, and like maybe the team has changed a little bit around him, but I feel like you know, the Raptors have been pretty continuous in what they've been for the last few seasons. So I'm not even sure why every time Jonas has a bad or a good game, the conversation starts up again, but it sure does. Um, yeah, it confuses me too because I feel like. Sort of, I've reached this point with Jonas, like the same point that I'm at now. Like, it, I wrote the same piece like last summer. I was like, look, it's, it's my thing was like, I don't think there is going to be a breakout or next step for Jonas. Like, he could, you know, be marginally better as any player can. But like, this is kind of a ceiling in the modern game because you look around the game. There's not that many players like him now. Granted, I think the last time I was on this program. You and I were, like, yelling about, you know, Jonas's trade value and stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, th- I feel like i got to make that clear. Maybe the piece is a little bit too depressing. But, like, Jonas is still, like, a fine NBA player. He's just, like, not, uh, like, a consistent player that you play as your third guy anymore. Yeah. Right? And it may- maybe never was that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's there's a huge drop-off between, like, where we expected Jonas to be and hoped he was going to be to where he is now to, like, a player that should be out of the league or traded or whatever, like, yeah, I don't know. He's fine. He's just not as exciting as we thought he was. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the whole thing in the off season was they were trying to offload Jonas and they were going to have to attach an asset to him, and they opted not to do mm-hmm. that. And I think that was probably the right call because he is talented enough, and there are you know fifteen to twenty games over the course of a season where you're really going to want him. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, if you're having a game where your rebounding is poor, you can toss him in, and maybe he can help with that. Uh, you know, there there are definitely places in which he's useful, but yeah, I think um, I think Dwayne Casey's kind of realizing it too, and maybe he's always realized it because this has always been the criticism of Casey and sort of his use of Jonas is that he hasn't used him enough, and that stunted his growth. So maybe Casey's always kind of known with him, um, but it does seem like the leash is shorter, and so that's kind of why I, I want to ask you like. Are you concerned that Valanciunas is going to end up being a guy who like derails things for the Raptors when things get important? Because I kind of just think he's not going to play very much in the playoffs unless it's a certain matchup. Like if they play the Heat in the first round, then yeah, he'll get in there. But I just I don't think there will be many matchups where Dwayne Casey is going to be like, yeah, give this guy a long leash. I feel like Pirtle and Bebe and Siakam and Ibaka, like they're definitely going to kind of edge their way in, and I think Casey kind of knows that. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't think it's something that he's gonna. It's gonna be derailed because like you're really only gonna be derailed by your main guys, right? Because you're yeah. gonna live and die by your main guys. Um, so you know, if Kyle Lowry sort of has a fall off again, or if Demar Derozan struggles or whatever, and if Ibaka, I mean, he was good in the playoffs last year, or at least in the Buck series, I thought he was very important. But um, yeah, those are the guys that you're gonna have to like live with in terms of like dying with somebody. Like with Jonas, like. We've seen the Raptors already bench him in the playoffs. We've seen him, you know, we've seen Dwayne Casey sort of leave him on the bench in important moments in games where they were trying to close it out. And, and you know, they've. it feels like they have settled into a usage pattern with him. It's unfortunate that it's only 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be more if Jonas is more active. And, you know, he's a massive dude, seven feet tall, good hands. Um, you know, generally speaking, a very good work rate. Like, he should be able to be out there and impact the game, especially if he plays more limited minutes, then he should be able to give more in those limited minutes. Um, and maybe that, that figure can go up and you earn more playing time. But I think they, the coaching staff has reached the point where they're like, look, this is uh, a role player, right? And like with all role players, you put them in the right roles to succeed. 
and the Raptors are no longer at a point where they like specifically need Jonas on a night-to-night basis, right? Like obviously, like you said, there's you know 15, 20 matchups a, a season, and that's important. That's like a quarter of the year, but. Um, you know, there is Pirtle there, there is Ibaka there at center. I don't know about Bebe, I think Jonas is way better than Bebe, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, the Raptors have options, and I think they know what they have in Jonas now, and only occasionally do they, you know, screw up their usage of him, and uh, I think that's what it is. Un- unless, you know, uh, look, and if Jonas has a hot stretch, of course he's going to earn more minutes, just like any other player. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the Raptors necessarily rely on him uh, as much, because they have other... Uh, backup options yeah that's uh that's a good point and the thing with Jonas too is I mean I'm gonna ask you something here uh, that I've done, never mm-hmm. talked about on this daily podcast in which I have to fill five days of content uh where are you at with the starting five with him because for me I don't really see a pressing need to change it I'm kind of unmoved mm-hmm. by the entire debate because like ultimately if he's not finishing games and playing the most important minutes like I'm fine with it because uh, you have to play him at some point. Like you're not just gonna not play the dude, uh, because again, he does have some skills that are valuable at times throughout a game. Um, but I don't know. Like, where are you at with the starting five thing? Because obviously, him and Abaka don't work as a defensive pairing. Um, I think they're fine offensively, but just on defense, it's it, like Abaka's better at center, and or he's better yeah. with a guy who's playing center who can kind of maybe inverse roles with him and play as a sort of the more perimeter oriented guy and keep Abaka back at the four, and then they can kind of inverse on offense. That uh, you see that with Abaka and Siakam just to a certain extent. Uh, sorry, with Pirtle and Abaka, Pirtle and Siakam. God, uh, to a certain extent. It does, you, you don't do that with Valanciunas because they're both slow and they just don't really complement each other very well. Uh, so where are you have the starting five? Are you camp? Are you in the like the pro bench Valanciunas and bring him off the bench camp, or are you just kind of like yeah, the status quo is fine? Here's the thing. I think I think I'm of two minds on this, and I think they can both exist. Like one, I think it's very important to find a successful starting five, and you should. Uh, it's very important for the Raptors to find that because. Every year they go to the playoffs. They have this like flawed starting five, and like two, three games in the into the series they change it and they, they play better. Hmm. Um, like we saw that in the Bucks series. We saw that in you know uh, what, what do we see that in? I guess in the Cleveland series before that. But um, you know, like the Raptors kind of go into these games with a suboptimal starting five, and it's happened a couple years in a row now. Um, so I think it's important to figure out a starting five and for your hmm. best unit to start games. At the same time, I also think that if you put Jonas on the bench, I think that really hurts the bench, and it's very important to not disrupt the bench right now. Um, and the core piece of that bench unit is Jakob Pertl. Like He is one of the main driving factors for that second unit in terms of you know being a central hub for the offense because he screens so well, because he passes well, because um, he can crash for offensive rebounds and generate second-chance points. And he's also definitely the anchor for that defense. Um, so... It's it's like if you take Jonas and put him into that Pirtle role and you like take Pirtle out or you take Siakam in, whatever it is, like you can't play Jonas and, and Pirtle. That no, that just wouldn't work. And like <laughs> in, in terms of the bench, like they play with asceticism, they play with speed, they play with defense, and those are the biggest areas in which Jonas lacks. And sort of more and more, that's what the modern game is. So I, I don't know. I think look, I think teams usually start out slower. Um, like teams don't usually play their fastest in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe the stats don't back it up. I, I just maybe the regular season at least. But um, for the most part, like I, I'm, I'm okay with starting Jonas. It's fine. He is going through a bit of a bad stretch right now. He should be able to play better than this. You could definitely tell. Like when they feed him the ball in the post, he's making very curious decisions. 
sometimes and he's like failing to make some easy buckets or he's letting the ball slip out and he's generally a pretty like sound guy in terms of decision making uh in, in that in the in the post position and he's usually pretty secure so I don't know. I think it's probably in his head right now. He's probably not feeling that great. I mean, he got benched, and he, he seems pretty flustered. And you should watch his post-game interviews. He looks depressed. But, you know, I think it's one of those times where, just like last year, Masai's got to sit down with Jonas and tell him, hey, man, you got to remember that you love basketball, and also we pay you $17 million. Um, You know, you can play up to your capabilities, at least within your more limited role now. And I think once he starts performing a little bit better, I think the starting unit will do a little bit better too. But I also think that, like, look, probably not ideal to start Jonas Antibaka. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, no, it's just, I I think it's a, you know, strictly political thing at this point. I mean, you're not benching a Baca, like, it's just not going to work that way. And like, this is one of the things that like with coaches, right? Like people sort of, oh, Casey's not running out the best lineups, but like there's other factors at play that you have to consider and like. Yeah, Jonas is like a good soldier, and I'm sure he would take a, a bench role probably better than most. But I, I still think you know you got to manage egos. That that's such a big part of the job that people don't really sort of acknowledge. I don't think, and uh, you know, changing the starting lineup isn't just changing you know you know just inserting a young guy into the lineup and saying okay yeah this is good now. Uh, you know, it, it, you, there's other factors at play. Are you going to get a drop off in one of these guys? If you're going to get a drop off in Jonas's play, if he goes to the bench, you, you mentioned the sort of the ethos of the bench unit is running and, and playing defense, and Jonas does neither of those things, so you're throwing a wrench in that. Uh, there's a lot of factors at play here is pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, um, and it's not like you can outright bench any of these dudes, man. Yeah. yeah the Raptors have a lot of good players. Can. It's hard to justify that. Like Even with Fred Van Bleed, like he's contributing so much that like yeah. when DeLon Wright comes back, what are you going to do? Like It's hard to just tell him, man, hey, listen, you just got to go to the bench and you, you won't play now. Yeah, it's yeah. uh the Raptors have a lot of good players. It's pretty good. Jonas, uh, if you're listening, buddy, uh, look at the schedule he's, coming up. He's not listening. No, man. he's definitely. He's at Wasega Beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but if uh, you know, if he looks up the schedule, maybe he'll get a little smile on his face. The Clippers are coming up pretty soon. He right. usually owns the, the Clippers. The Clippers will have nobody healthy by then. Oh, it'll it'll not. just be uh, Cinderius Thornwell <laughs> and Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. As if Austin Rivers like went out of his way to hurt Blake Griffin too. That's hilarious. <laughs> it had to be Austin Rivers that did that. He like sat down on Blake Griffin's leg. <laughs> what are you doing, man? It's bad enough that you're Austin Rivers, and then you had to come in here and do this. Austin Rivers' ah. uh, long con to become the go-to guy on the Clippers is actually impressive. Yeah, I gotta say. But he has to have his dad still be employed. And <laughs> he's, he's doing his best to get his dad out of a job. No, Austin's gonna be so. player coach at some point in the ne- in the next two years. So uh, yeah. Yeah. In China. Yeah. <laughs> no, they got the Clippers coming up. They got the Tyson Chandler and the Suns coming up as well. Chandler's starting for the Suns now, right? Aren't they doing the two bigs thing of him and Monroe? That's. I thought Monroe was starting. I think they're starting both. No of one them. watches Suns games. No, I they're think. playing. T- they play tonight. They play the Bulls. They played the Bulls like two times within a week. Yeah. And I think both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like both teams want to lose those games. So. <laughs> um. 
No, I'm pretty sure they're doing the Monroe Chandler starting front court. Though, Monroe which is, Chandler. Uh, mm. I mean, that that maybe will be the one matchup that Ibaka and Valanciunas can thrive against, aside from Boogie and Anthony Davis. Which, hey man, I, I would hope they could thrive against the, the Suns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the God Suns always damn, kick please. our asses anyway. I don't know what it is. They, uh, some dumbass. Uh, I think the worst loss of the season last year was the one in uh, yeah, in yeah. Phoenix when Patterson got hurt, and then just like everything oh, yeah, fell yeah. to shit after that. Yeah. I know, man. He hasn't got eight points, five rebounds ever since. <laughs> he hasn't. He's are, averaging three points right now. Are you with? A bit, apparently, it's insensitive to talk about the fact that he's averaging three points right now. He's a legit three and D guy. Greg uh, uh, Monroe, Jesus. Yeah, that's very bad. They gotta uh, trade my man, Greg Monroe. Free, free moose. Yeah, I was uh, before this, like early in the season, I was like kind of digging, just like league pass. I was like, yeah, there's like 27 teams I like watching. That is significantly fallen off lately. Uh, yeah, just because you can talk yourself into the best case scenario of yeah. every team. Like, I was like, Utah will be fine. They run a good system <laughs> offense. You know, they play great defense. Now I'm like, I don't want to see Rodney Hood, like, brick 15 jumpers in a row. Yeah, no. The Raptors' schedule in December, they should win every game this month. I mean, um, they get the yeah. Hornets, the right. Pacers again, the Suns, the Grizzlies, who are falling apart, the Kings, the Clippers, the Suns, the Nets, the Kings... Like, what is that stretch? Uh, the Hornets, and they have two against Philly, which will be tough. But then, like, the Mavs, the Hawks again. Like, this is not hard. Uh, maybe Jonas yeah. can get himself back on track here. That'd be nice. Um, sure, why not? Yeah. It would be nice, man. I mean, you want every one of your players to be playing well. Well, to circle back to Jonas, one other thing I wanted to ask you is you mentioned sort of the things that he's not good at. Um, yeah. You know, the, the passing and the pick-and-roll defense and the mm-hmm. general speed and uh, the energy as well. Like, let's maybe try to spin this positively. Is there something that Jonas has done over the last year that you think is like an obvious area where he's actually grown? That's kind of the thing. I mean, I yeah. don't want to be too negative on this thing, but like, I, I watch this team a lot, obsessively really, and... I, it's hard to see like what Jonas has necessarily improved in terms of like what areas of his game have changed for like the last like pretty much four seasons with him. Like it, it's the the defense thing is the most important. Like if he can just play well on defense, like just be okay on defense, then that's his fastest path to becoming a like a good player, a starting player. Because like you know his offense does play enough. Like it's not even like you got to change the offense too much in terms of what he's doing. It's just defensively he's so bad. And, like, when you look at how teams play, they break their offense to specifically target Jonas, like, mm-hmm. over and over again. And, like, when you watch him drop back, like, the Raptors are terrible at giving up above-the-break threes every time Jonas is up there because, like, he doesn't step up. He doesn't guard anybody. It's not even that he doesn't step up because, like, it's hard to ask your centers to always step up. But, like, he doesn't even make a half contest. So, like, the one thing I wanted to see out of Jonas was, like, you know, work on your sort of conditioning and then come back and, like, you know, maybe have sort of more endurance, more energy to give out there um, that maybe you can play more minutes or whatever. But, I mean, this season we're seeing, like, two minutes into the game he's unable to catch up with anybody. Like, because yeah. he's running down the floor one couple times and he's just... And he is getting the ball more this year. That's the thing. Like, the offense is moving more throughout the front court than ever. And I think Jonas um, has gotten more of the touches. So if there were opportunities for him to make plays out of the high post... You know, those should be there for him, and, you know, they're just not. <laughs> they're yeah. just, they're, they're not, you're not seeing the shooting range. Um, you can, like, the rebounding has been the same. Okay, that's cool. Uh, his post moves have, for the most part, been the 
same. His passing. I mean, I don't know, Sean. What, what you watch this team obsessively as well. Like, what 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 have you seen out of Jonas that like has um, definitively improved in your eyes? Well, so you mentioned the post moves. I think those have like actively regressed over the last couple of seasons. I don't know what it is. It just like he used to be so smooth and like powerful. Uh, when yeah, he post he's up. definitely still very powerful. I think that's yeah. Like, his but, number one skill is if you can use his strength, he's yeah. good. But was, if you can't use his strength, like he has to move laterally or make reads or whatever, like hit jumpers, like it's it's not there. And that's the thing, like it's not that Jonas can't shoot. Like he's 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 a good free throw shooter. Like, he's only missed five free throws all year. He's yeah. at eighty six percent. But like j- the fact that he can shoot mid range jumpers doesn't necessarily translate to like a tangible effect because he's not spacing the floor with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not even taking mid-range jumpers like with any confidence. Now, granted, this year that no one's really allowed to take mid-range jumpers except Tamar, <laughs> but like you know, we've seen it a lot, right? Like the the Jonas hesitation in the mid-range and the offense stops and they got to reset. They got to do another dribble handoff and then Jonas gets in the post, puts his hands up. He's not really open and then he's disengaging the play. Like how many times in a row does that happen for the Raptors with yeah. Jonas? Right? <laughs> Remember uh, in yeah. 2015-16, he was like I think the the most efficient like high volume post guy, like more than like 50 post touches in the league. He was at, like okay. one point like one seven points per possession or some shit like that. And yeah. it, like last season, it was down to like point eight six. It fell off by like a mile. And this season, yeah. it feels like there have been more, like, seven or eight dribble post-ups for him where he just can't get an edge on a guy than, than I've ever really seen from him. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. And maybe that's just a factor. Maybe it's just, like, faster guys guarding him now. I don't really know. But uh, he's had issues there. I do think if there's one area where I think he's gotten a little bit better, and this has always been an issue of contention with him, is his passing. Like, he's not... You know, throwing. The man has twelve assists. On yeah, this, no, the whole season. yeah, agreed. He's not throwing like okay. amazing like right. skip passes out of the post, right? Like that's not his thing, and he's not right. he's not really looking to pass when he gets the ball in those situations. And in fairness, and, like in all I, fairness to Jonas, he doesn't really play with shooters. Yeah, and like, also if, if he was playing with CJ Miles more, it'd be yeah. easier for him to pass out of the post to an open three. But yeah, that's continue. Sorry, I just yeah, no, it's okay. And also the number of times that like. He's uh he's posted up and then like he'll 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 kick it out and then they'll just repost him like like they're trying to feed him almost it seems like yeah. so maybe they're just it's like Chicago. yeah maybe they're just yeah. being like okay pass just just go get yours now and don't worry about passing so much maybe they're that's a point of emphasis or something but like I do think his sort of you know we saw it a little bit in the preseason and it hasn't been to this extent where he was making like amazing passes on the dive or anything like that but you know his passing from like the elbows and like little like cut passes to uh like to little bounce passes to, like uh like Kyle cutting and things like that like those have been noticeable things that I don't know if we've ever seen from him before so like that's a oh, nice okay. sign but other than that yeah it's not like he's there aren't that many areas where he's improving his game, and like the game, the league is just kind of passing him by at this point while he's kind of remaining stagnant. But right, exactly, know. and yeah. that's the thing with Jonas, right? Like yeah. I think the frustrating part of the Jonas conversation is that like people are very entrenched on both sides, and I yeah. completely get it, right? But um, there's like if you are in the side of like Jonas is good, that that means like that sort of I I, I don't know for some reason like. If you hold the thought that Jonas is good, then like people in that camp end up saying that, uh, like that's pretty much the number one reason why Dwayne Casey gets like as much criticism as he does. It's not like Dwayne Casey's above criticism, of course not. He's you know lots of decisions, but um, and lots of history. But you know, like that's a, that's the number one source of the, the Dwayne Casey frustration is, you know, you haven't maximized your players and like Jonas, you, what are you doing, with Jonas? Like you actually did the defensive scheme one way or the other way or this way or to change the offensive scheme one way or the other way, and it's like, 
at the end of the day, like, what, what, what onus does, like, how much responsibility does Jonas have? Okay, the game is moving away from him. But, like, other players have adapted. Like, you got to, it's just a way of life, really. Like, you, 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 you adapt or die, right? And, like, how has he adapted to the modern game? Right. Okay. Yeah. Even if there were mistakes in the past, like okay, maybe they didn't read the game properly, and he he got too big, too fast. Okay, but like, is there some is there some sort of adaptation, or are we still stuck on one thing that they did in like 2013? Which, by the way, like every big man coming into the league as a rookie bulks up, or like mm-hmm. not even bulks up, but gets stronger <laughs> for the sophomore <laughs> year. Like it happens every rookie, and then for some reason with Jonas, it's like all right, wow, the Raptors decided to make him a beefcake. Like it's like. <laughs> Come on, man. It's also been years. Like, you can slim down. You see players slim down every year. Like, Jaleel Okafor went from, like, 300 pounds to, like, 200 pounds. Look at Jaleel right now. Yeah. He's, like, a skeleton. Like, <laughs> like it's possible, right? So, like... Do you think the Sixers, yeah, man, like... More responsibility comes from Jonas. That's all. you think the Sixers, like, let Jaleel eat the food in the locker room after a game? I feel like they're just like, nah, dude, no. you're not... You know, you're, no. you're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. That's only for players who play it. Here's yeah. an extra take to go play for TJ McConnell. Yeah, the P the PB and J table is uh, not for Jaleel. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the thing, yeah, I mean, you talk about like Casey suppressing the development of his players. I mean, he, he, Kyle Lowry was like a backup point guard. He's kind of maximized himself. Uh, DeMar yes. Rosen was exclusively a dunker. He's maximized himself under Casey, and like obviously yeah. they've done stuff themselves that's independent of Casey, but. Of course, of course. Uh, it's the, they're both cases that prove that under Dwayne Casey, you can get better and more in tune with the modern game. So, uh, at some point, the onus I think has to fall on Jonas. Um, and with that rhyme, I think we can end this. Uh, I was going to talk about the Hornets game, but Kemba Walker is probably not playing, so this is probably a much less interesting game. Um, and yo, yeah. I just want to again shout out to my guy Mangok Mathiang. Mango Mathiang, sorry. Who who is that? That is the Hornets' two-way contract player. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's a rookie. His name is M A N G O K M A T H I A N G. Shouts to this dude. I had I had no idea this guy existed. Never heard of him. Uh, yep. Oh, the name seems. Oh, he. Okay, yeah, he played for Louisville. I think he was on that. He played uh, for Louisville. Oh, did oh shit. Okay. I think he was on the Montrez Harrell team. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, shots to this dude. I had just I, again. It's just a great name. I didn't know he existed. <laughs> and uh, so, who's gonna play point guard for the for the Hornets tomorrow? Is it like a mix of like Marcus Page uh, and Julian Stone, or is Julian Stone hurt? Uh, Trevion Graham. I see a lot of Malik Monk, but I, oh, I would very much really? hope if Michael Carter Williams starts at point guard. Oh yeah, I forgot he's like, on that's team the kind of point guard the Raptors could do really well against. You know the bad kinds. <laughs> the bad kind. <laughs> he's definitely the bad kind of point guard. They have. They certainly have a lot of the bad kind of point guard after after Kemba. Uh, yeah, yo, that's that's been a big game for Jonas, man. Dwight Howard is as uh, exactly the type of player that Jonas is here to guard, and I hope he does a good job of it. Yeah, and like this isn't going to be a Bebe game. If you remember, Dwight Howard, mm. I think made, I think ruined Bebe's career last year with uh, like a I twenty-five was, I was and twenty see that game. game. I paid a lot of money to see <laughs> Dwight Howard get twenty rebounds. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, let's hope that doesn't happen tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Will, you'll be watching the game. Where can people check out your coverage of that game and others? Uh, find me on Twitter at William underscore Lou. Um, that's pretty much where you find my work. That's it. Go to Will's Patreon page. 
Will does yep. the best work of uh, any Raptors blogger. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Like, I don't know, man. I think a lot of Raptors blogger. I think Blake has graduated to like just full-on reporter at this point, so I'm not sure if we can call him LeBron, LeBlog James anymore. Um, nah, he's still LeBlog James. Let's, let's not get it twisted, okay? okay. You're just still, you, you can look. Listen, this is different between an editor and a blogger, okay? <laughs> an editor gets paid a specific amount of money to do a specific thing, whereas a blogger gets paid an indefinite amount, like an undetermined amount of money uh, or an unguaranteed <laughs> amount of money to do an unguaranteed amount of work. So it's like and a two-way Blake idea. is definitely still, like, you know, I mean, Blake's doing well. Don't get me wrong. Blake is doing <laughs> great. But, like, you know what I mean? He's still in that same realm of uncertainty. He's grinding He's grinding that two-way life. Uh, yeah. he's, he's Lorenzo Brown, apparently. He's, better, Blake, he's much oh, better on. than Lorenzo he's Brown. Lorenzo Brown. <laughs> yeah, his head is as big as Lorenzo Brown's. <laughs> All the bloggers have big heads. Sean, you got a big head, too. Yo, wait, my, my head's enormous. <laughs> my hair right now, I need a haircut. It's, uh, it's not helping matters much. I just did a Facebook Live, and... Uh, it was uh, very evident that I need to get a haircut because the I'm, I have a will lose sized head with my hair right yeah, now, uh, so I got a pair. That's it, an issue. I got to pair it down to Blake's size. With yeah, what, what, what's, what was the place I got my hair cut in Hamilton? That's I've been trying to find a good spot here. That's the thing. I went to one place probably near Mac. Yeah, I went to one place that uh, shouts to Neville's Barbershop. Uh, okay, Neville, you're a very nice man. I'm not sure you're listening to this. You're definitely not listening to this podcast. Uh, now, Neville's a huge Raptor fan. Yeah, huge Locked On Network fan. <laughs> actually, he was. Uh, Shout out to David Locke. <laughs> when I was there, actually, we were watching, uh, I believe, an England World Cup qualifier. Uh, he was pretty into okay. that, so that was fun. But okay. uh, when he cut my hair, it, like it was good for a week, and then it just kind of he didn't cut it enough, I don't think. So then it was kind of out of out of hand pretty oh. quickly. It was one of those. Um, so I'm not sure I'm gonna go back there and maybe try to find a new place, or I might just bite the bullet and go because it's like a five minute walk from my place. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but glad uh, we could get you on to talk about Hamilton Barbershops, Will, and other Yo, stuff. Yo, I was gonna say I think I remember the Hamilton Barbershop. It was like right by my house. Okay. It was like, okay, do you know where West End Bar is? Sure do. Okay, so it's right across from West End. Okay. There's like a small place. It was a really nice guy, a huge sports fan, talked a lot. Which I guess, do you like barbers that talk a lot? I do, I do. I'm okay with the with the talky barber. I had one uh, when I did, the place I lived in Toronto last year. Uh, uh-huh. The place I went to, the barber I, we share. I went there probably like eight times in the year. I was there, maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah. We shared maybe three words. <laughs> it was okay. like very much a well, business cool. transaction. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm much more like watching World Cup qualifiers and talking about how great Harry Kane is. I think uh, that wow. I, that's much wow. more my scene. That's yeah, not mm. so much the case. Not lately. so great recently. No. For the whole team really four points in the last uh, last fifteen. But yeah, uh, yeah Champions called, League, baby. It's called Emerson Studio. It's like right across from uh, you know West End Pub, and I don't forget I forget the, the dude's name, but he really loves to talk about his kids' hockey teams and stuff. You know, a real down to earth. Uh, <laughs> Canadian, Canadian man. Well, it's very enjoyable. He's a very nice man. I used to tip him very nicely. Well, we're take, the fi- take the five bus or the fifty-one. The five bus goes right by my house. Um, and, oh sh! And okay, wait, wait, hold up. Where are you in Hamilton? This uh, is only for the two of us. Yeah, everyone else can tune out at this point. It's fun. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, I just, I'm just nostalgic <laughs> about Hamilton now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm at uh, Maine and Wellington. Um, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the five bus, the Stinson bus, whatever, goes all the way. I work at Mac now too, so that's gonna be. Wait, my... you work at Mac? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm Herbie Coon of the Mac basketball team. 
say word. Holy sh- yo, what? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It's uh. It's... Oh, shout out to shout out to Coach. What is his name? Patrick Tatum. Coach Burns. Oh, Teresa Burns. She's for the women's yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Coach Burns. Yeah, but Patrick Tatum from Ryerson. We're getting way off the rails here. Patrick Tatum nah, from Ryerson is now the. Is now the coach for for Mac, and he's terrifying. Wow! Congrats to you. I had no idea. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Carlton's in town this week too, so it's exciting. Very, very, very exciting. You versus Mitch. (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, No. Mitch is Ryerson, man. It's uh, Uh, Ryerson. That's right. That's right. Uh, Wow. Probably insulted him by saying he's from Carlton. Then. Yeah, the McMaster team's not all that good. So um, come on, man. It's not. It's a rebuilding year, but the so they're gonna probably get obliterated by undefeated Carlton. But it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Shouts, yeah. to, shouts to Miles Seward, who's very good. Okay. Um, um, also, D-back is a very nice facility. Yes. Yeah. Uh, man. David Bradley Athletic Coop. Yeah, wow. Yeah, man. It's a this, small world, John. It's this a small is, world. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the podcast and content people come for. Uh, Hamilton Twitter, get at me. That's uh, right. McMaster Twitter, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> hit up an alum, please. <laughs> or don't. I don't really care. <laughs> That's the silhouette, the silhouette newspaper. Pick yeah. one up. Yeah, Sean. shouts to Scott Hasty, who's not around oh, anymore. Of course, of course. Shouts to he Scott. moved away when oh, I gee. moved to town. I was. Uh, I needed and he f- saw you. He heard you were coming, and he was like, "No, I don't need to compete with this." <laughs> well, now I don't have any friends here, so. Uh, oh, that's still, an issue. It's still a work in progress. That's an issue. Making a friend when you're making friends when you're an adult is not easy. <sighs> no, may, no, may it's to... not. We need you need friendship Tinder. Friendship Tinder is like. It has to be a thing. I don't know if it is a thing, but yeah. well, maybe let's walk around there. Mac now and run into people. And, yeah, yeah. Hang out with I still people, people well below my age bracket. Uh, uh, well, I have like to go to bed. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. Uh, right. This was very fun, and I'm glad we had this tangent at the end for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Speaking of tangents, you can read a thing I wrote on uh, ah. LockdownRaptors.com uh, where I wrote a about, commentator thing. Yeah, about Matt and Jack and the best tangents they've gone off on this season. I transcribed some of their more uh, ridiculous ex- exchanges, so please check that out. Thanks to anyone who uh, responded to that. There was a nice response to that today. So, nice, nice. Uh, please check that out. LockdownRaptors.com. I'm at Woodley Sean. William underscore Lou on Twitter for Will. Uh, 10 Things, the Raptors Reaction Podcast, Raptors Weekly. Uh, Patreon, you do everything, Will. You do it very well, and uh, hopefully we can get you on much sooner than the last time we had you on. And it was too long. It's been like what five That's or six not. months. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hugely inflexible now, so yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm on lockdown at this point. <laughs> we'll figure. Uh, there's it out. only there's only time. There's only got like eleven thirty at night. That's that's when I'm free. Well, I mean, yeah. it worked out well. Uh, yeah. So hopefully we can do it again soon. Will, thanks so much for coming on, man, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.